Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy. Welcome, everyone. If you are new, we are so glad you found us. And everyone else, welcome back. So today I'm so excited to talk about this topic of sextortion today. And we have a wonderful guest. But before I bring her on, I just want to talk just for a second about this issue of privacy when it comes to teens and screens. This is something that comes across my desk every week. It just seems over and over and over. I hear these same concerns. And you know, I do workshops. I do live workshops. And so whenever I'm in a live workshop, hands go up midway through and people ask me, but Melanie, my teenager needs privacy. And I just want to tell you, this is such a huge blind spot that parents struggle with. It's a huge struggle for parents. I don't know where we, me included, have this notion that our kids' tech use should be private. I believed this lie hook, line, and sinker, so I get it. I'm not saying that I was that mom that understood this initially years ago, but I think the statistics are something like 70 or 75% of teenagers believe that what they do online should be a secret. And so my answer to that, get them a journal, get them a diary, (laughs) go out today and get your daughter a diary. She can write till her heart's content, and then she can keep all her private thoughts under her her bed. (laughs) And so the whole world doesn't have to read everything. But parents, you need to understand exactly what your kids are doing online. You need to read their text. You need to read everything. If it is out there, your eyes should be on it. This is one reason why we have delayed the smartphone for my kids, because I know personally, I can't do that very well. I can't manage it very well. So kids are not using their phones like adults. We know their brain development is not there yet. And we have to keep this in mind when we hear from our guests today that our kids' brains are not adult brains and we have got to stop treating them like they are. (laughs) So our guest today, her name is Opal Singleton. She is the president and CEO of Million Kids and the training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. Opal, we are so excited you are here. I have read your book, Seduced. Welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Melanie, for having me on. I appreciate that. Uh, You and I have known of each other back and forth, and both of us have fought the good fight on this, this subject for many years. So I appreciate getting this opportunity to share with your followers. Yes, thank you so much. And so let's just dive right in. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about all of the issues around sextortion. I want you to identify what that is for the folks that are listening, because I think we're all a little bit confused about it. And then we're going to talk about this issue of privacy for teenagers. (laughs) And what are we thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, to give your followers some background, I work with uh, the Human Trafficking Task Force. I report to the Riverside County Sheriff Department and also the Department of Justice. So that means I deal with real cases all the time. 
And while many of the cases end in human trafficking, one of the trends I've noticed for the last five years minimum is that it often starts by someone hooking up online and getting a, a trusting relationship and often ends up that they send a naked photo. And then, of course, before they know it, they're trapped. Uh, somebody on the other end wants more photos. They're starting to blackmail them. It wasn't the gorgeous 16-year-old hunk they thought it was going to be, or um, in the case of guys, some, some cute girl, and the blackmail begins. And uh, I, have, I have really watched this accelerate over COVID. Uh, One of the things that's happened during the time of COVID is you have a lot of pedophiles that are at home. Mm. And uh, this whole world of pedophilia has changed in the last year because what has happened is that pedophiles use these advanced technologies to find each other and they build these large-scale child pornography rings. And honestly, Melanie, they found one last year that had a million paid subscribers. Oh and they form large-scale sextortion rings. In other words, maybe oh. nine guys or 25 guys will come together and they start tricking our kids. And, um, you know, they just want that naked photo because if you have a million people that are subscribing, they need a lot of photos to pass around. The problem is when you get a kid who sends that naked photo, it can go to a million pedophiles in a split second because it's all part of the same ring. And, you know, photos have GPS on them. And so oftentimes they can tell where the kid lives. And the first thing that will happen is we need more photos and they need to be more risque photos. And one of the things that's very frightening is now all these video games have uh, have live streaming in them, you know, mm, yes. and uh, and and they have a huge amount of pornography in them. So if you think of a video game and this is where I'm going with this is we're starting to see a lot more guys get violated uh, through blackmail than girls because They're in a video game. They're bonding with the guy in the video game. But these video games are no longer in a closed chat room that things like Fortnite are, you know, mass audience live streaming. You literally meet millions of people Mm. that you don't know. But if you and the person in the chat room are sharing pornography in that video game and talking smack, you know, the next thing you know, or you think it's a girl, next thing you know, you're sending that photo. And that photo has GPS. So suddenly you have a whole lot of people that have been able to see in your living room, okay, Mm -hmm. because of live streaming, they can see the other children behind you. We -hmm. are seeing so many cases now where they not only want a photo of you that's more risky or risque, they want the photo of you and the child behind you. And uh, because it's an open invitation into your living room. Mm. And so this is really getting crazy. So what has happened is during COVID, more pedophiles are home uh, under pressure. Some are unemployed. They're doing work at a screen where nobody's watching and their obsessive compulsive behavior accelerates. And now they're using this technology to build large scale rings where they are with comrades, if you will, you know, Mm. they're in a community where this is acceptable And so that is, you're seeing a lot more pedophile activity out there. 
On the other hand, as you know, with COVID, kids didn't go to school. Yeah. And we were putting five, six, seven, eight-year-old kids online. Yeah. And here's the problem with that. You know, what do you know about a seven-year-old? They want everybody to think they're cute, you know? Mm. And, you know, if the guy wants a picture of their private part, well, that's just bathroom humor. That's, that. you know, they're playing a game. And these pedophiles are good. They show them other kids that are doing this. And they will end up even getting them to violate another child. I mean, not only is our child being violated, they're teaching our child to violate other children. So this gets absolutely horrendous about what is going on. And now that you have so many kids online, I am so busy, I can hardly see myself. I mean, you and I didn't even get a chance to talk before this because I'm so busy with cases and I have two people I need to call right now. So. No, well, my this is unbelievable. Okay, so we had to just stop here a second because my head is about to explode. <laughs> so, um, no, this is uh, this is just crazy, and I'm in this all day. And and so, but what I want you to explain a little bit more on a couple things, um, the whole idea of Fortnite. Okay, Fortnite is kind of the big thing out there that kids are really into. Explain how does this happen? If I'm a mom out here in my audience listening to this podcast today how does this happen? Okay. Cause I'm, you know, moms don't and dads and whoever, we can't keep up with all these new games that are out there. Right. Opal, there's so many new things and so many new games. So how does this happen? So your, your kids playing Fortnite and that is a, that's, that's a live game. So explain from there. Does, does he then chat with the players on the chat oh, room? Sure. Oh, absolutely. In fact, you, you can have as many as 500 people at a time on right. in some of these games. There's a new game out, I'll tell you about it in a minute, called Cyberpunk that you need to hear about. But but it, let me, for your audience, if you haven't followed the, uh, let's say, evolution, I'm going to mm-hmm. take you to not gaming, but just apps, and then we'll transfer back okay. over to gaming. But if you think about it, you know, when Facebook, I'm old enough to remember MySpace, that's scary. <laughs> Me too. (laughs) When Facebook came out, you know, you had a group of people and you'd say to your kid, okay, there's 45 people. Who are they? And you block this one and you don't have that one. And you had control over who you talk to. Okay. Right. Then they came out with Instagram. Well, Instagram was completely different because it's by hashtag. And so people you don't know, you're chatting back and forth with people don't know. And pedophiles were smart. They began to look for hashtags like hot cam girls. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. they knew you were twerking or something in there. (laughs) And so that's how pedophiles used apps like Instagram. And so strangers could reach your kid. Then we got kick K I K. And that, that was a nightmare. They still out there, but uh, fortunately most kids are past that stage, but kick was instant messaging. You could talk to a stranger I did a I did a survey in a high school and 80% of that high school kids had kick. 50% had received a message from a stranger and 50% of them had replied to that stranger. Mm-hmm. 3 of them went out and met up with the stranger and ended up being violated. So after that came the idea of mass audience live streaming. This is ki- this is a uh, TikTok mm-hmm. bite uh, like, like K-E-E and bite is a six second video. Mm-hmm. TikTok is a 15 second video. 
So what this is completely different. I'm going to take this into gaming in a minute. So be patient with me here, but think about TikTok. You, your profile has to be on if you're going to go viral. And the idea of going viral, of being on TikTok is to be discovered. Many of these kids now have two, three, five million followers. Mm -hmm. They don't know who they are. Now on TikTok, your profile's public if you go viral. The photos have geolocation on them so they can tell if you made it in your bedroom. And on top of it, they can text back and talk to your child. Mm. So all that happens there is a pedophile will sign up for the different categories and they'll see a young girl carrying on and they'll say, hey, you are really hot. Meet me on Instagram. They will always move you to another app. Meet me on Instagram. You know, get me a lot more of those videos and I'll make you famous. Mm -hmm. So your child's no longer talking to 45 people that they can block. They have a million, two million, five million people. The problem of it is they're a child. Mm -hmm. And many of our kids are doing it before they go through puberty. So if they end up getting violated, it changes who they are for the rest of their life. It changes their perception of relationship, of shame behavior, and also uh, their relationship to sexual expectations. So I'm going to just take you a minute. So think about TikTok. You got a million people you're talking to and who's preparing our kids to be able to do that. Well, if you go into Fortnite, you, if you had Minecraft, you could, you could have a closed group. Okay. You're only playing with these six people. But Fortnite is mass audience live streaming. First of all, they can see in your living room. That's the first thing with the equipment. But more and more of this, these games, I, I, if, if you're going to allow your child to play one of those games, you better play it yourself and analyze what I call digital morality, because there is a lot of sex in these games. And, and think about this, you're, you're getting into virtual reality. You're processing those sexual images while you're talking to someone in a chat room that you don't know. With Fortnite, you're playing against the whole world mm -hmm. and you need the approval of the guy in the chat room or the girl. And so you're sharing sexual images. You might just be talking smack and sending things back and forth because it's fun or you might be enticed by what you think is a hot girl and pretty soon everybody's doing it. They have moved these games. The newest game out is Cyberpunk, P-U-N-K. You have first person sex in that game, okay? Mm -hmm. And you get points and it is not sex as you and I want our children to enjoy it, okay? They need to grow up with a healthy image of sex. And, you know, where there's commitment, there's respect and, and responsibility between two parties. It is not like that in these video games that you're sharing with someone else out there, but you're also seeing sex as a weapon. You get points for it. You have, you literally have animated video game character pornography is the second fastest growing category of Pornhub, which is the largest porn site in the world. Our kids are not seeing animated video game character pornography as pornography. They become addicted and the sky is the limit and there has nothing to do with real relationships. So there is a multi-level problem of teaching your child 
digital morality and also what to expect. They don't realize they're being groomed, that everybody's doing this. This is normal. This kind of sex is normal. And it's a it's a crazy place to find ourselves in this society. Oh, my goodness. Um, I am just learning new things here every minute. Unfortunately, things I'm not too excited even to know. I need to know this. Um, I want you to explain how the grooming process works, number one. And number two, why do kids send naked photos. I mean, honestly, Opal, can you help well, our parents can. understand this? Do you know <laughs> why they do? Or is it just How long is this show? <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay, gosh. Well, let me take the first one, the grooming thing. Yeah. I, I'll simplify it for you. As you know, I've written the book, Seduce right. the Grooming of America's Teenagers. And one of the things that I came to understand early on in one of my first cases is that what will happen is, uh, especially girls, girls that are in sex trafficking, which is forced prostitution or lured prostitution, about 73% of kids in uh, commercial sex uh, you know, are female. Mm -hmm. And what will happen is that a guy that's older, uh, they'll get lured in. Wow, this is wonderful. And they, you know, the guy swoops in, he tells them everything they want to hear. Well, but the danger of this is we are putting kids on that are prepubescent and pubescent. And when you're 12, you want to hear you're hot and you're very vulnerable. And these guys are masters at it. And, you know, mom and dad are watching this. And, and maybe if this is a live uh, relationship or seeing it online, you're saying, you know, mom and dad are saying, you know, I don't like this guy. He's too old for you. You know, you're grounded. Clean up your room. And he's saying, hey, baby, you're hot. And so it's kind of like a mouse and cheese in a bake, you know, because that cheese looks pretty darn good. And everybody's going, don't do that. Don't do that. And every child I've ever met does not believes they're not going to get sucked in and get violated like this. Mom and dad are not arguing with him and mom and dad are not arguing with her. They're arguing with the fantasy that has been created in there. And when a parent gets in a tug of war with a fantasy, they're going to lose if they don't know how to unpack that. You see, this digital screen thing, we all get addicted to it. And, you know, you can be anybody on that other line. And if you're naive and undeveloped, it's a fascinating thing. I I tell parents, if you're going to put a prebubescent kid online and you're not going to explain to them what a pedophile is and why they want that naked photo and where that naked photo goes when you hit sin, then for Pete's sake, just load them up in the car. I know I sound like a radical and drive them down to the strip club and leave them off for about 10 minutes and see how they hold up because their little minds know how to do technology You can put all the trackers on there that you want, but they will find a way to beat the system. And their little minds get technology. They're wizards at it. Their little minds do not understand what a pedophile is and why they want that naked photo and where it goes. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to a mom a few years ago and she was devastated because someone knocked on her door with uh, their phone and they said, this is your daughter. It was just one of her friends. And she said, I think you want to know 
what, you know, she's got this naked picture. And the mom, of course, couldn't believe it. And she's, she's like, no, this just can't be right. The denial is there. And, you know, this can't be my daughter can't wouldn't be doing this. And she lit it closer. And of course, it it was it was in her it was her bedroom. She saw it was in her bedroom was in the background. So, you know, this um, denial that that parents live in, of course, then she then showed it to her daughter. And she was 12 or 13 at the time to your point here about the the age that we're talking about. And then her daughter denied it. She said, no, that's not me. I didn't do it. And of course it was just a lie. She's just lying. It was just horrible. It was just, it was so discouraging for this family um, because obviously it was her bedroom and they pointed that out. And then the girl of course had to admit it, but it's, it's so, it's so important for parents to understand just what you said, that teens are very good at, skirting around on technology. They're good at the buttons and the bells and the whistles, but what they're not good at is this discernment. And Obel, I believe that we can talk to we're blue in the face and you know, your kids or their brain development is just, isn't there. We, we can't expect them to act like an adult in these situations. And I'm sure, you know, the YouTube that's been out there about the kids who the parents are sitting down having talks with the teenagers about, do not ever answer the door. If it's a stranger, do not ever get into anybody's car. And then they bait them and they set them up, you know, and, you know, and, and like a day later, the, the person knocks on the door, the girl leaves, she gets in a, in a white van with no windows. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just I, remember that. I video. saw that. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I'm like, but, okay, so the reason is we are trying, and then we get mad at our kids. I'm like, why are we getting mad at our kids? We're giving them a powerful tool at just kind of the wrong time. So they, I, I don't want to give them all a hall pass and say they shouldn't be responsible, but they're just not responsible yet. They're not responsible. So they end up doing these things. Parents are continuously shocked and amazed. And I'm sitting here saying, why are we shocked? What? Yeah. Well, the hard part is uh, a child is unable to visualize where this is going to end right. up. They and, can't play uh, the tape forward. They can't see ahead. Right. And, and, you know, I, I see case after case after case uh, of this. I mean, I, I'm just swamped with it because of, of COVID. And the thing that I really would like to say to your folks out there is that that more than the fact that that all of this is scary and like that, but I, I just want to emphasize the depth of damage it does to a child and to a family and how irreversible that is and why this is so important. You know, I, I see cases, the, the Patricia Alatori case is one that I often talk to about. This was a recent case out of Inglewood and uh, Bakersfield, California. And uh, she was 13 and she went online and met a guy who was 24. And wow, you know, she's more mature than others and she's smarter than others and like that. And she sent that naked photo. At one point, they know that she met up with him uh, and ended up giving oral sex uh, to try to get that photo back. There are some statistics I'll give you. Um, well, let me finish with Patricia's story and I'll give the statistics in a minute. Uh, ultimately, she ended up sneaking out of her bedroom and packing her clothes underneath her bedspread so it looked like she was home in bed. And she was last seen screaming in a car at three in the morning, and they found her raped and strangled and burned body the next day. And uh, he was sextorting her. Uh, I want to just give your parents here some numbers. This is prior to COVID. 
The Center for Disease Control said that at least 18,000 kids a day are sending a naked photo within the U.S. I believe that number has probably doubled after COVID, just based on my caseload. Uh, that uh, 9,000 kids a day will be blackmailed. That's from the University of Florida. And University of Toledo, Ohio says that uh, about uh, 57% of the kids that send a naked photo that are being blackmailed will not tell their parents. They will do anything to try to get that back. And, you know, this reaches outrageous proportions. The first thing I would tell your family is that your families out there is if you have given your child a phone and if they have engaged in this activity, you know, pay attention. Certainly there are ways that it would be better if they didn't have a phone before uh, their mature age and like that. But if they've gone that route, what I want to tell you, first of all, their behavioral change. If they start getting blackmailed, they will start to cut. Maybe they start to hide their phone all the time. They uh, get very secretive. They can't sleep. They want to take their phone to bed with them. Uh, 83% of kids in America sleep with their phone. Uh, and, and that is just an invitation for a pedophile in the middle of the night. They will start to miss school. They will start to run away because they're being blackmailed. The first thing that happens in blackmail is they want more photos and they want a lot more risque photos. So your kid's going to want that phone a lot more often, one, to keep you from having it, and two, so that they can get whatever it needs to satisfy them. I, I know this is hard to hear, but they want photos of your child and some other child, especially if you have younger family members. And this gets absolutely horrific. What I want you to see is it absolutely destroys an entire family and it changes your child's life forever. You know, you, suddenly sex, you know, sex is the only bodily function connected to the soul. There is a moral element in all kinds of sex. And so if your child is engaged in less than pristine kind of relationship, they're going to start out their life as damaged goods thinking. And, uh, and, and it will change how they go into other relationships, especially if they're very, very young. They know they've done something wrong, but they don't understand how and why. They just know they don't feel clean. And what, what is important to understand here is the reason they won't report is that it isn't like Uncle Joe or Bob or whatever came into their room and molested them, like in child exploitation. They were sucked in and they complied. And so they just keep doing more of it in hopes of getting it back. Hmm. Sometimes they get raped when they meet up with this 58%. Some of them, sometimes it ends in death. Usually it ends in their lives becoming constant nightmares. Somebody will track them all the time. They want more photos. They want more and more demands. And this kid is absolutely panicked. So if you have a child that you think has done that, what I would tell you is do not start wagging your finger at them going, do you have naked photos on the internet? Okay. Mm -hmm. This is shame based to the very core of your soul. And that's why they will not tell look at them, sit down with them, be quiet. If you have a son and you have a husband or a father, sit down man to man and say, I see that there's something very deep here. 
Is it possible that you have a naked photo on the internet and just be quiet? If they can't come forward, then you simply say to them, you know, I hope you don't because this is going to be really, really rough. It's going to change everything. But you are not alone. I'm going to be here with you. Yeah. We are going to work through this with you as a family, you know, and yeah, your social media life is going to change. It will. But at least we will help you get free to do what you have to do. This is life changing. They will taunt you for, there, there's a case on Twitter right now where he's suing Twitter. He started when he was 13 and she was 15. He's trying to go to college. Now over 122,000 people saw those naked photos he sent when he was 13. And Twitter will not take it down, by the way. Twitter says, doesn't violate our policy, you know? File a copyright lawsuit. I couldn't believe they said that. Copyright lawsuit on your naked body? Really? <laughs> wow. That, you know, that is so scary. I mean, all of this is very heartbreaking. But the fact that when you're 12 or 13, you can do something really dumb that will yep. then follow you the rest of your entire life. And, you know, that parents... Parents get shamed too, Opal. And, yes. Uh, you know, they get shamed in the fact of maybe they want to delay giving their kid a phone. Maybe they understand this too well. And then their peers say, well, you're being over, you know, protecting, over controlling, or you shouldn't look at your kid's phone. I hear this all the time, just like when I opened the show today. I hear this all the time, this big debate over why teens get all this privacy and then parents feel bad. And they, I unfortunately many times, as you know, really only learn the lesson the hard way when it actually happens. Yes. And it's not just them. It's their child too. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. When Often when I speak, one of the questions I ask is, if a minor is exploited through online media, who is responsible? Is it the app company? Because parents... When you download an app, you have to hit, I agree. And you never read that stuff. But if you don't agree, you don't get the app. And you, those apps will say you're supposed to be 12. And But a parent will say, yeah, but my nine-year-old's very mature and I have a job and I need to read them, but reach them and like that. You know, you are the one that hit, I agree. And you are the one that are breaking the rules. And in the meantime, what is happening here, I, I show a case of a guy named Richard DeVito out of Ohio, and he had uh, 40 victims that were eight years old. Now, he had kids of his own, by the way. Anyway, uh, but it was interesting because this one mom said, this monster came into my daughter's bedroom and stole her innocence. Well, he certainly did that, okay. But she got the iPod, the girl, and from mom, and she sent 80 messages a day, 30 uh, photos a day, two videos a day. You know what it's like to make a video, download it, and send it off. She uvu'd him, like Skype him. She's eight. Now, if somebody has time to do 80 messages and 40 photos and or 30 photos and some videos and uvu, where in the heck is the parent? Yeah. And so I get that is solar innocence, but somebody gave him the key to the bedroom. Right. Right. And this is my whole point with with parents. They have to get rid of this blind spot somehow. What is the best way for them to get rid of their blind spot? The the parent Opal who comes to you and says, My kid would never do this. 
right. not my kid disease, <laughs> right? I'm sure you hear this all the time. I'm sure. In fact, I'm sure that every parent that that you've talked to in these situations, they probably have all said that. You know, they didn't think their kid would do this. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given them the tool to do it. So, what do you say to parents that have this disease? Me included. I mean, I'm I'm not immune to any of this. You know, we are at an interesting time in uh, society. I wrote a book called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders and a Home Without Walls. And it's being made into a movie that'll be out in June. But we're just getting started, mom and dad, on technology. I mean, your child will have a million followers probably by the end of the year if they have a smartphone, if they're on there. If they're on with any of the big four, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, they're on there with 1.5 billion people. And so we have to think this out. One of the problems is parents have a veil of denial as you talk about it. And they think, you know, everybody's doing this. I don't want my kid to be left out, blah, 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 blah. And they don't educate themselves. I say every app that's out there, you need to understand how it works. I would encourage people, of course, I run a, a program called Million Kids, but I have something called Insider Alert. And I would encourage people to go to Million Kids and sign up for Insider Alert because I'm just getting ready to make two new ones today. We already have a, a couple of sextortion cases and we analyze them so they can see it is not the app. You know, it's not the car. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that you can take a car to a university and get a degree, or you can take a car to a strip club and get violated. But you're an adult when you make that decision to get in the car. And we don't give cars to eight year old kids mm -hmm. because we know where that's going to end. And I think it's an education process. It's a partnership before a young person goes on the world wide web. They need to understand how the internet's made and where naked photos go when you hit send and how fast one photo can go to a million people. But even if they do understand that, Opal, you're right. I mean, parents need to understand that, right? For sure. But they think that they can just tell their kids this or they can, you know, the, the other funny thing that I hear all the time are these contracts, you know, that we see, oh, well, I wrote my kid a contract and he signed it and said he wouldn't send any naked pictures. You know, they have a false hope, maybe, that their child will be the one in the million who won't hit send or who right. who won't click on it. So you're right. Education, I always say education is the key to solving all of the struggles that we're having with screens because things become very crystal clear. I mean, even after here just this few minutes with you, um, people listening, I'm sure, are getting a very crystal clear idea of <laughs> what. Thank you for all of that. Um, and and really, I think the the way that you describe this is very um, helpful because I think so many people are so afraid to talk about it, and it really gets shoved under the rug, which is what perpetuates it and makes it just go on and on and on. Yeah, you know, the, the reason I'm so passionate about this, Melanie, is that uh, kids, they're, they're not realizing what they're doing when they start to do these things. One, one of the biggest things that really shows how big a problem this is, 
is that Pornhub is the large was the largest porn site in the world. I'm not sure they are now. And when the laws changed where they could get sued if they were if someone was violated on it, they began to have to address the fact that they had their their biggest category was amateur pornography. And I watched this, and what happened is uh, it came out that that they were kids were making amateur pornography, and they thought it wasn't going to go anywhere, and and so they thought, but it did. They started seeing it all over the world, so they started suing them. When they started taking down their amateur pornography because MasterCharge and Visa took down their ability to charge uh, for their subscription, they had to take down 80% mm. of their pornography was child pornography that our teenagers made and sent to them. Now, I went online before they closed uh, that part of their business out, and I got a, a picture of it, and they were saying, send your uh, amateur pornography in and make $40,000 a week. Yeah. And they had 13 million videos and almost 10 million of them were our teenagers who were sending in uh, their okay. photos to make some extra money. If you look at Snapchat on Snapcash, it'll say, now you can make money sending nudes, selling nudes on uh, Snapcash. Wow. And so by the end of the year, almost all your apps will have money transfer on them, some sort of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or, or paying buy sell. That's not necessarily a bad thing uh, unless you're a teenager that's sending a naked photo and everybody's doing it and they're making money. You see, our kids are so easily duped because, as you said early in the in the talk, they do not have executive thinking. They don't have the capacity for it. You know, and uh, and so they may be this. By the way, most of the clients that I handle, many of them are uh, are very smart kids. Most of them are straight A students, yeah. although I do get autistic kids are very, very vulnerable because they don't they don't understand what a pedophile is. But, you know, this is this is scary business because this technology is going to accelerate over the next couple of years. And we have to start today to say, wait a minute, this was a game. It was a social experiment, but this is the life and future of my child and my family. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, I sit with fathers who look at their daughter like she's damaged goods now, mm -hmm. you know, because her photo's everywhere and he can't work and he can't sleep and he's mad at the wife for giving it to him and he's mad at the app company and the phone company and he's mad at himself. And then he grieves the loss of her innocence because he wasn't there to protect her. Yeah. And this is serious business. And we really have to stop and take it really serious because the technology end of this is about to explode as several technologies come together. But because this year will be the year that the entire world is connected by Internet, one photo of your child can go to more than a million people today in a heartbeat. And probably by the end of the year, it can go to 5 million people. And I'm always so um, shocked still. I hope that I continue to be shocked. I hope I don't get desensitized to it. But I'm always so shocked when I'm in a group of teenagers and someone or I ask or someone will start talking about a naked photo. Did you hear that so-and-so? I'm so shocked, Opal, that it's like second nature. Like it's like they're not even shocked. Like this is... Yeah. So yeah. common. Yeah. I had a girl at a school last year and we were talking about this and she said, well, you have to send a naked photo or they won't go out with you. Yes. And it you're is. like, what kind of date are you going to have here? 
Well, it, you know? it becomes the definition of boyfriend, girlfriend, like you're not boyfriend, girlfriend, if you don't do that, like we're not dating because we haven't, he hasn't, she hasn't sent me that yet. You know, it's so mind boggling to me how normal, just like drinking water, like, I, and then the other thing I, I'm I just am wanting to ask you, what happens in the legal system, I guess, if your kid is not the one who's maybe taking and sending of their own body, but if they get a photo from a minor, obviously a, you know, I don't know, 15 year old and they send it. Yeah. Well, right off the bat, I mean, we need education with each of these kids. I've done thousands of hours of it that they understand, you you know, this is child pornography. You receive Mm -hmm. it and you're receiving child pornography and you're sending it, you're distributing it. But more important, what I what I see here is that kids need to be able to talk and tell somebody and have them have an open heart about it and uh, and say, let me help you with this. And these need to be reported and that we really have to educate our kids and our parents that anytime you see a naked photo that's out there, it needs to be sent over to ICAC, Internet Crimes Against Children. You can do that by the 888-3737-888 number. And it has to be, uh, and the reason why that's so important is that photo is not just to one person and now being passed around quietly amongst friends. You know, it, it can easily go around the world in a very short time and that person's life will be destroyed. And so it is important. On top of it, these pedophiles are forming these large scale rings to seduce our children. And so it, what you're talking about there is that 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 photo can be out to millions of people. We need to find who that pedophile is because that's not the only child being violated. Many of these pedophiles will have, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand uh, kids that they're violating. These large rings, like the one that uh, I can't think of it right now, was in, but they they had over ten thousand victims. Mm-hmm. So if you see a naked photo, it needs to be reported because they can begin to track back and start to find these pedophiles. And that's got to happen. So I really recommend phones that you can't receive and send photos. All right. They I are, like you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I know I'm, I, I know I'm on to something here. <laughs> so again, we're not putting our head in the sand. We're actually getting very clear with our positioning as parents around this. It's we've already established this is out there. We've established that the teen brain has a very difficult time, if not an impossible time being able to manage all this. So why then as parents, don't we do more to delay and limit and give them the tool that has all the benefits without the ability to do these silly things that that they're thinking of doing or they're not silly, they're horrifying um, and life-changing things. So that's one thing. You've already gone over a couple other things that parents can do. So as we wrap up, can you give us some other tips for parents um, who have you know, kids all through teenagers, I guess, who have kids at home, right? Up to 18. I mean, I guess after 18, it's still horrible. But um, what can parents do today? What can they do today to um, be more informed, of course, listening to this, but also then to to just put some um, parameters out there in their own home? What can they do to prevent some of this? 
Well, the first thing I think parents need is to be informed. And, you know, your organization does an excellent job of that. Uh, I have a couple of books out there they might want to buy uh, mm-hmm. called Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. But I also think that we have to put away this whole thing about, you know, we don't have a sex talk till we're 13, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and once it's done, it's over. This These kids will live in a different world. They are going to be exposed to more sex than you can ever imagine before they're even in fifth grade. And I think you have to have that conversation right off the bat about morality and digital morality. You know, I, I interviewed a, a bunch of kids at a church once and they told me one fourth of the kids said sin on the internet is not sin, you know, and sex is not sex. Well, it is. And we cannot pretend that this is not happening. I think parents need to get informed themselves. They need to understand what is going on. I would encourage them to follow your organization, my organization at Me and Kids, especially those insider alerts. Get yourself educated and then start to have open dialogue. The reason that you're not getting a phone is because this is how it works, okay? And when you do get a flip phone or a talking and a text phone, then, then you begin to say, I want you to be a leader. You know, I want you to, to teach the younger generation that you can use this technology responsibly mm-hmm. and that with respect and, you know, to respect your body, yourself, your mind and the, the family. I mean, you're connected to the family. We're a unit doing this together and make leaders of your kids for responsible technology. That, that is absolutely important. I believe we're at the most important time of all the history as the entire internet is connected because how we teach this generation to use technology with respect and responsibility and consideration for themselves and others and God, quite frankly, will set the stage for all future generations. So the work you do, Melanie, is, you know, it is the mission of all time and you're in the right place at the right time. And so are the parents that are listening. Oh, thank you, Opal. You are also right in the front lines. I mean, I thought I was in the front lines, but honey, you are, you have the boots on the ground in dark areas and dark places. And we so appreciate you to help us shed light on this. This has just been fabulous today. And um, I, I just get always emotional here at the end when we talk about making our kids leaders and guiding them to be leaders instead of followers in this digital culture. We need to spend more time with them, educating them, of course, but educating ourselves first. Those are all wonderful tips. We're going to wrap up. We're going to have all this information in our notes at the bottom here in our in our podcast description. But um, before we leave, um, Opal, can you offer any encouragement just to the parent who's listening, who's already been bit and who's dealing with it right now, this moment? Well, the thing I would say is if you've had a child that's been, uh, you know, even if they're just being sextorted and haven't been violated, get into counseling. That's the first thing. Get counseling for you and your husband or your husband and wife 
and also get separate counseling for that child. Uh, that is the most important thing. I, you know, that they understand and can work through this. This is shame-based behavior, and it will change your perception. I always say sex is the only bodily function connected to the soul, and you may not have had sex. You just may maybe have had virtual sex. I believe that for most kids, their first sexual encounter will be a virtual sexual encounter, and mm-hmm. if it is shame-based, it will change who they are for the rest of their life. So, if this has happened in your family, first of all, report it so that we can start to go after these pedophiles. Don't bury it and hide it, get into your cyber crimes unit and get it reported. But second of all, bond as a family. Let your child know that you're proud of them, that you believe in them. And though they've made a mistake, you and them will get through it together and use it to bring yourself closer. Because if not, this child, it will change who they are and how they perceive themselves. So that's that's the most important. That is the most important thing, Opal. That That is the core of everything we believe over here at Screen Strong is to build those family connections. And even in the midst of the pain and suffering of things that have happened, going straight to that bond and building that and rebuilding that is the most important thing you can do. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Opal, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm sure that we will visit again. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me, Melanie. I appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed listening today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and head over to our website to donate and learn more about our Screen Strong Challenge, which is a digital detox for kids. Also, make sure you join our Screen Strong Families Facebook group where you will find support from other parents just like you. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, Stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong. Mm -hmm.